what is going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another edition of the jays for days podcast i'm josh he's josh we got jays jumpers jeremy jackson jr's job Morant, joe johnson's job rafts of course josh we've got a bracket and then tom brady just had to ruin it like okay so what did, did, did tom brady ever retire in his head it's a great question because my answer is no. It's got to be no. With all <laughs> due respect, you don't make that decision as quickly as you make it if you really thought you were going to retire. Like if yeah. you really thought that. That's the shortest retirement in history, right? It's got to be. I. It's did he just like wake up today and like the timing is not a coincidence i don't care oh no no, no he's been playing he's been playing chess the whole of the entire time from the you know the original denial of the report to when he actually announced it to, oh yeah oh yeah no no way right. yeah i got i got no idea why why we retire in the first place and why we have to do it tonight but anyways that's what we're done with tom brady because that's playing into his master ploy <laughs> we have a bracket we stand for college basketball. We have 68 teams in that bracket, as is – tradition isn't the right word, but that's the way that it is right now. Uh, 68 teams uh, make up this year's NCAA tournament bracket. And I suppose we start – we can start right at the uh, – at right where uh, – no better place to start real quick than to uh, chat about the teams that just barely got in uh, your your first four games that don't include your 16 seeds, you're looking at Rutgers, Notre Dame, Indiana, Wyoming, now Indiana, doing what they did in the Big Ten tournament. Clearly, they needed every bit of it to get into the field, which was a little surprising, maybe not completely surprising. But, I mean, it makes me wonder, like, if they don't beat Illinois, instead they beat, you know, even somebody Rutgers. like Iowa or Rutgers or yeah. – are they in this field? Because the answer uh, is certainly up for debate, uh, considering that they're still going to be playing in Dayton. They get Wyoming, which is not a great draw, which is an interesting draw, right? And a, a Wyoming team that's been good this year, both uh, in their conference, but also from a metrics perspective. Uh, and then the 11 seeds that will be battling it out in Dayton, Rutgers and Notre Dame. And I'm pretty surprised that both of those teams got in. Um, Notre Dame being one of the teams that our good buddy Lucas Harkins, Rutgers and Notre Dame, he missed on. Uh, the, both of those teams were in the field and the, they were not in his field. But uh, did you feel initial reactions to who got in, who didn't get in? Do you think there are any major snubs? I was happy with who got in. I am surprised that, for example, Michigan is just square in the field in Indiana has to play this game to get into the field of 64. I, and clearly there was just a massive gap between those two teams because Indiana not only beat Michigan, but like you said, then went on to beat Illinois and then almost won again. Mm-hmm. And still barely squeaked in. Rutgers, I'm also very happy Rutgers is in. To me, Rutgers is just an NCAA tournament team. The Geo Baker injury had something to do with their inexplicable losses early. And, and Notre Dame also, just the consistency all season, the quality wins they have. That one would have been harsh for me to, to lose one game to a team that ends up winning the ACC tournament. 
that really had to help them, right? The fact that Virginia Tech didn't just go fall apart after and continue to play really good basketball. That pro those are the teams I would have liked to see in. So I have no no issues. There's not a team on the outside of this I'm looking at saying they got screwed. You know, Texas A&M just left too much work to do, and they didn't win that last game. They would have automatically got them in. Virginia Tech, it seems like, stole somebody's spot by beating Duke. I just, at the end of the day, I'm, I would have had Indiana out of the first four. That's probably my biggest beef, which at the end of the day is, is not a huge one. I think the committee more or less got it right. I don't have many major issues. Yeah, you know, I think that – the place I go first, right, is is Texas A&M. That's just tough. Um, but I don't have issues with teams that stumble as badly as they did at the end of the year, like Xavier in particular. Like, yes. Like you lose to Butler in the first round of the Big East tournament. And the, you don't and the way they then. and the way they lost. Right. Yeah, I would have been. I was very happy that they were nowhere near the field. Because, right. yeah, I would have had that one. I would have had a real, real issue with. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps, you know, I, I feel like if we get a, a healthy Rutgers all year, I, just what Rutgers did in Big Ten play means more to me than what Texas A and M did in the in the SEC yep. tournament. So from that perspective, I'm fine there. I'm sure that Rutgers fans are breathing a sigh of relief considering how deep they didn't go in the Big Ten tournament and that. Texas A&M fans are pretty frustrated right now um, considering what they did to get where uh, to get where they are and to just be on the outside looking in. But again, I, I have a hard time and this is the kind of the way I feel. This is, this is one of the reasons I, I don't lose too much sleep over who does or doesn't get into the NCAA tournament is because like, when you're whether your team 60 you know in and when you take out you know the what 20 24 you know auto bids that are just given 24 something like that i don't know how many multi-bid leagues because there were this year off the top of my head but you know 22 roughly spots are given to single bid leagues that you know 20 to 22 18 to 22 bids you know seeds are not up for grabs because somebody from a a single from a you know single bid conference is going to get those it's i just i don't have a a hard time when you know texas a&m goes 23 and 12 and at one point in sec play lost 10 straight 10 1 2 3 4 5 6 8 straight and 9 of 10 i just have a really hard time including losses to missouri and lsu at home and South Carolina at home. Like, I just don't have a hard time. I, I just don't feel bad. I, I, I really don't. Uh, they despite... weren't a bubble team. Right. It was in, they played themselves back onto the bubble with what they did, but ultimately it wasn't enough. Yeah. And the, the other thing I would say is in defense, in defensive Rutgers, and we talked about the unfortunate situation they found themselves in. We said, you don't want to play Iowa. Well, we were right. And Rutgers did too well in Big Ten play. That sentence, if you're looking at these teams who just missed out, your, you know, your SMUs, your Dayton's, you're just going to have a hard time convincing me that they could put together the Big Ten 
resume that Rutgers did. Now, could they do better in non-conference? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's the ultimate defense is what Rutgers did in Big Ten regular season play. And then you have to also just take into account that, you know, Richmond was nowhere in the conversation yep. and then went and won the A-10 tournament. Yep. And that that takes up a spot, right? That yep. takes up a spot. Um, Virginia Tech going and making it all the way through winning that, you know, that's an 11 seed ACC tournament winner. Yeah. You have to think they're out if they don't win that they don't be doing. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when, when one team gets in that wasn't supposed to quote unquote, then that means that the a team on the, but that the bubble just got smaller and the bubble was pretty big this year to begin with. So uh, yeah, I, you know, no major snubs when there are 68 teams, I don't feel super bad for the teams that just missed out, like just play better seasons. I, I think there are real arguments some years that the fifth best team in college football has a real chance to win the national title. So therefore it's, you know, frustrating that the fifth best team in the sport doesn't have a chance to win the national championship. I mean, that would be like, you know, based on the seeds, that would be like Auburn not getting a chance to play the, for the national right. championship, which is right. Not apples to apples, but the point is still the same that if you can't get into the field of 68, I have a hard time feeling bad for you, but we have a field. Um, and we're going to go region by region, break it down, talk about it, and then give a very, um, very quick assessment of the sweet 16 and a quick assessment of who represents each region in the final four in new Orleans on April 2nd and 4th. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. Yeah. We're, we're going right into this thing. Yep. Here we go. Uh, West. Gonzaga, number one overall seed in this year's tournament. They are the one seed in the West. And Josh, we were watching the reveal, and the first eight teams that showed up on the bracket were like, those are eight teams that are not the first seven of the first eight. Georgia State playing Gonzaga in the 116. I'm not with all, about that one. To, with all due respect to Georgia State. I uh, was not exactly like, oh, what a draw. Oh, what a draw. Um, you know, when looking at Georgia State um, as the 16 seed. But with that being said, Gonzaga, the one seed, the 8-9 here is Boise State and Memphis. A great 5-12 matchup between UConn and New Mexico State. Arkansas and Vermont talk about one of those games that will be a will be a trendy upset pick, uh, maybe because of where Arkansas lost in the tournament, but Vermont is just one of those teams that Makes you raise your eyebrow. Alabama will get the winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame. Uh, Texas Tech, Montana State, and the 314. Michigan State and Davidson. Foster Lawyer game. Let's go. Uh, in the 710. And Duke, the Blue Devils, uh, get Cal State Fullerton in the 215. Uh, in the West, Josh, which, what jumps out to you first? The first thing, and then what I said when we were watching was it seems like ever, and maybe I'm just misremembering. It seems like this has happened before, where all these teams Gonzaga has already played, which is partially a, a version of this happened in last year too. Last year, yeah, that, yeah. And this one is particularly interesting because you're looking at a couple of these teams. Obviously, Alabama and Duke have already beaten them. I want no part of playing Gonzaga a second time once we've already beaten them. Now, Texas Tech, I feel a little differently. Now you know what that team feels like to play against, and you've got Mark Adams and you've got the experienced group. Okay, I'm not super scared if I'm Texas Tech 
if I get it, end up getting a second shot at them in the Elite Eight. But the, the fact that you have your two seed and a team that can get hot and make a run in this region, and then also, you know, your, your former Gonzaga assistant, uh, potentially if Boise State can get through, that's also really interesting. You know, we could have multiple Mark Few disciple matchups by the time we get done with this mm-hmm. thing, starting in the round of 32. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of this is the just the Duke-Michigan State aspect. And the other thing I said to you was, wouldn't it be something if Izzo not only took out the Zion team, but then ends Mike Krzyzewski's coaching career to that part of this matchup after the Foster Boyer showdown, of course, there's, there's a lot to, this is easily the most interesting bracket to be in. And you mentioned some of the lower seeds here too, New Mexico state, Vermont. I don't want any part of Rutgers or Notre Dame. If they win that game, Memphis is interesting. There's some real danger. And Davidson also obviously has had a fantastic season. You don't want any part of Izzo in March. Michigan State's playing much better. There are a lot of dangerous teams in this bracket. This is not going to be easy for Gonzaga to get through, but they've seen plenty of these teams before. Yeah, there's always the there's always one bracket that is like that one is either going to be a chalk or like the 11 seed is going to get to the final four. Um, I think we'll get to that, you know, here in a moment uh, when it comes to that one. And, you know, and a lot of it has to do sometimes with, with who that one seed is and whether or not you typically see that team on the one line. And then you see a bracket where it's like, wow, they're the team that comes out of that one is going to have to be playing really well. And even if it gets Gonzaga, I think they'll have played really, really well to get through that bracket. Um, I think that the idea of, you know, Gonzaga having to, in theory, play a, several athlete, really athletic teams to get through this bracket is interesting, um, right? Not quite as, relatively speaking, unathletic as they were last year, but still, you know, in the tournament last year was when it was like, man, there's just a team that overwhelmed Gonzaga with uh, with athleticism, and there are a couple teams here that that sort of fit that bill and Jalen Duran has played himself into, you know, you know, after like, are we picking him as a top six, seven pick in the NBA draft? And a guy with his skill set in 2022 is an absolute beast. If he's getting talks of being that highly rated in the NBA draft and the idea, you know, Gonzaga might get them in, in the second round um, after their barn burner against Georgia state, they're really going to have to work to get, because I love UConn. Um, UConn or Arkansas, both of those teams are super, super well coached. That's the other thing I would say here is that there are a lot of really good coaches in this region. Yeah. Um, between Dan Hurley, uh, Nate Oates, Eric Musselman, Mark Adams, um, Tom Izzo, Kay, like there's a lot of coaching firepower here. Um, so somebody's going to have to be playing really well to get out of this bracket. Okay. Very uh, quickly here. The uh, Sweet 16 will start at the top half. The eight teams here, Gonzaga, Georgia State, Boise State, Memphis, Yukon, New Mexico State, and Arkansas, Vermont. Uh, who represents the Sweet 16 on this, the top side of the West? Give me Gonzaga, Yukon. Okay. Um, Gonzaga doesn't lose this early. They're as good as anybody in the tournament at doing that. 
I still love this UConn team. They gave Villanova all they could handle, executed a game plan very, very well. It just so happened that it was one of those nights where the role players that don't usually shoot the three well mm-hmm. shot the lights out. Right. To the point where I think Dan Hurley, you know, they were kind of joking about it before the game. He said, if we do this and they win, we'll just go on the bus home. There's nothing we could do. And it right. kind of played out exactly. He, he almost talked it into existence. Mm-hmm. That, that I love their athleticism. They've got the garden RJ Cole, the Vermont Arkansas matchup scares me. I think Arkansas is going to win because everybody's going to pick Vermont and we've seen dangerous Vermont teams fail to pull that off that upset off before. But ultimately I'm, I'm going with UConn and I have no problem sticking with Gonzaga. So those are my two in the top of the bracket. I'm going to go, I'm going to go chalk here. I'm going to go with the must. I'm going to hop on the must bus and I'm going to ride it to sweet 16. And I'm going to hop on. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, get in mark fuse uh you know uh tahoe is it too soon to make jokes about that it might always be too soon to make jokes about mark few behind the wheel of car anyways um i'm gonna go gonzaga and uh arkansas here um if you're giving me guys i mean arkansas is the guy that can get the hottest here they might outside of gonzaga have the best player among the other seven teams in the top of this bracket and jd note possibly um, he's certainly the type of guy that if I look up after the first weekend and he's averaging 27 and a half, um, that I won't be surprised, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Gonzaga, Arkansas here. And part of me is like, there's no way that it's going to be Gonzaga and Arkansas because that would <laughs> mean that the teams with the highest seeds won all the games, but, yeah. uh, I'll go there. Uh, are you, who wins that game? Who goes to the elite eight? Gonzaga. Okay. Yes, Correct. Um, on the bottom half of the bracket, Alabama plays Rutgers slash Notre Dame, depending on who wins that one, Texas tech and Montana state, Michigan state, Davidson, Duke and Cal state Fullerton. What say you, who gets to the sweet 16? I'm going to go chalk Texas tech Duke. Okay. I'm tempted, tempted to say that Alabama is going to do that opposite thing. <laughs> Cause I've been saying, I've mentioned this before that that random six seed I want no part of. That is Alabama because if they get hot, I just – I don't love that matchup they're going to have whoever wins that first four game. And I trust Texas Tech's defense enough to be able to bother them to stay in front of those guards. I don't like that matchup for Alabama. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to dictate the terms of that game. Texas Tech is too fundamentally sound. So I feel good about those matchups. Michigan State's playing better. We're just to the point where – Either this thing is going to happen for Duke or it's not. Mm-hmm. Defensively, it has to be better. I just – I can't see three – and not that – I mean, they played, by and large, pretty well in the ACC tournament. It wasn't all that convincing. Obviously, they didn't win it. I have a hard time believing they're going to follow up two overall disappointing showings with another one losing to a Michigan State team that they're just quite frankly better than and – who didn't have Tyson Walker by for a vast majority. I mean, who knows what his status is moving forward, but he was not there when their big 10 tournament came to an end. Mm. So I'm going, I'm going chalk. You're going chalk. I am a little bit tempted. And, and honestly, I'm, 
like the fact that Davidson is the 11th ranked offense in the country this year and that they're the eighth best three-point shooting team in the country this year makes me concerned. Like if I were more convinced that they were going to beat Michigan State, um, then I having a very real conversation about the idea of Davidson just getting hot, beating Michigan State and beating Duke. Yep. Um, but with that being said, they're also outside the top 150 at Kempom defensively. And I'm just not sure that they, even if they do get through Michigan state can handle the athleticism of Duke. Like, I think you just give it to Palo as long like if, and I, there've been times this year that I just wish that they would abandon their offense. They being Duke and just give it mm-hmm. to Palo in the post over and over and over yep. again and let them do, or let them bring the ball up the court and let them do whatever he wants to do. All of that being said, um, I'm going to stick with Duke here. I really don't love it. I'm I gonna, don't either. To be honest with you. I yep. really don't love it. Um, but I have two rules. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, do you have the best player on the floor? And I feel like Duke will have the best player on the floor. And I'm a really big fan of, do I believe in your guards when it comes to March? And I don't believe in Michigan state's guards. Tyson Walker has had some good games, but also Tyson Walker has been non-existent at times. Um, and Michigan state has just kind of scared me this year. And if I'm Duke, I like getting the the idea of playing a team that I'm not convinced in their ability to get good shots every time they come down the floor. Um, so I'm going to go with Duke and, and I'm going to go with like Texas tech might have, you know, knock on wood. And of course they'll lose to Montana state after I say this, but from a, I don't see anybody here, you know, outside the top two in their first weekend, that I'm like, yeah, that th- th- I just don't think there are any teams that Texas Tech has to play that are in the conversation with them. Um, I like if I had to pick a six seed to play, it'd probably be Alabama, which is a weird thing to say because at the same time they might be the most dangerous one. Um, but I have the you know Alabama, they right you stop their guards, you stop them, and Texas Tech has the number one defense in the country. Um, according to Kempom. So I will, I'll stick with the Red Raiders there. And I promise I won't do it again, but my Sweet 16 in the West uh, is chalk. Who do you got, Duke or Texas Tech? Texas Tech. Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. I'm going to stick with my teams I've been high on for most of the season. I, Duke's been vulnerable defensively, which means Texas Tech can score enough points. Texas Tech has the bodies to deal with Paulo in a way the other teams may not. They're not large, but they have those longer athletic guys that can deal with him. And I just trust that that defensive setup and the experience they've got. They always do a good job in March. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Gonzaga, Texas Tech rematch in the Elite Eight. Gonzaga wins. I'll throw that out there too. Wait, Gonzaga. Oh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I'm, I'm, we're sprinkling the K pixie dust. We're sprinkling it. Um, I think this actually worked out pretty well for Duke. Um, I think that, I mean, that's a sub 60 offense for Texas Tech. Like, this is a, they, like even if Duke doesn't play defense well, and you know, there's always a world in which, you know, your 
Bryson Williams or your Kevin McCullers of the world get get cooking. But I from a there's not really a team here that challenges Duke that really challenges Duke on both ends of the floor. I think they got a pretty good draw here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably Michigan state that does that the best, right? Davidson's going to shoot the lights out more than likely, but can they stop Duke from scoring points? Uh, I'm not sure they can. And Texas tech is going to be really hard to score on, but it also might be the type of game that Duke, you know, cannot play great defense and still only give up 59 points. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I actually, I, I, if I'm a Duke fan, I think I'm in a pretty good spot. Um, so I'm going to go Duke Gonzaga. Um, but I've uh, been riding the Zags for past three years, pretty much. Um, and we'll continue to ride the Zags into the final four this year. All righty. Over to where do you want to go? You want to go to the South or the East? Let's stay on the same side of the bracket and go to the East. All righty. In the East, Baylor. The Baylor Bears, number one seed. Um, and we'll just, uh, stay in the top half of the bracket here and go straight to talking. No, I lied. We're not Baylor. The one, uh, Kentucky, the two here, a lot of good teams in this one, of course, uh, Purdue, the three UCLA four. Then we get to the five seed St. Mary's. They'll get the winner of Wyoming and Indiana. In the, in the 12 seed play-in game, the six is Texas against Virginia Tech as an 11. 7-10, maybe the most enticing 7-10 matchup. <laughs> Murray State against San Francisco. Shots in the NCAA turn, tournament for putting two teams like this in a bracket yeah. together and making them play. Um, that's just one you would never get otherwise. Um, uh, no, 8-9 you know, here is North Carolina and Marquette. 13 seed is Akron. Uh, so, uh, another solid bracket here, Baylor, the one seed here. What say you about these? This is the one where I feel like it's most up for grabs. Partially is Baylor is your weakest one seed and doesn't have Jonathan Chamuchachua. Mm-hmm. Part of it is you look at some of these other teams and you can talk yourself into quite a bit here. You know, one of them, one of them is coached by Chris Beard. One of them made the final four last year. One of them is coached by John Kyle Perry. One of them is Purdue. <laughs> one of them just won the ACC tournament. Right. One of them's playing as well as anybody in the country. One of them is North Carolina. Them, and one of them, I believe, is the only team sitting on Selection Sunday with 30 victories. Yep, you might be right about that. Mm-hmm. Is Murray State the only team? It's got. I mean, once I get to like fifty, I got. I don't have to keep scrolling. I believe Murray, Murray State's the only team in the country with thirty victories on Selection Sunday. Arizona has thirty-one. Excuse me. Sorry. Shouts to Arizona. I apologize. Sorry, according Arizona. according to the official bracket. Yes, they are thirty-one and three. Yes, they are thirty-one and three. So one of the one of two teams, almost as significant, one of two teams in the country uh, to have thirty wins on Selection Sunday. Yeah, that's. That's really what stands out to me here is, you know, that eight, nine is interesting. I just feel that this is really, you can talk yourself into a lot. I think this is the, the other one is difficult because you can rationalize the West that we just talked about. You can rationalize it a couple different ways and say, I'm right. Scared for Duke starting in the round of 32, but also don't feel all that. Cause I'm, I'm with you that if I, if I'm a Duke fan, I don't feel all that bad about the path to the elite eight. Mm-hmm. 
this is the one for me that I think is really going to mess people up and is going to get a little bit ugly. I'll say that. Yeah, I think this one's pretty a, a hodgepodge of teams that right the the thing that's interesting here to me is that right Baylor isn't it's this combination of a lot of teams that could make some noise and a lot of teams that I'm not entirely sure how I feel about them mm-hmm. right how do I feel about Baylor as a one seed I almost did like almost in my head I was like all right Baylor has the resume of a of a number one seed and it's and I don't disagree with that whatsoever but when was the last time you thought about Baylor as one in their current form as one of the four best teams in the country? For me, it's been a little while. Um, and then you get to Kentucky, which I, they just, I mean, maybe it's as long as they don't have to play Tennessee, they're going to win the national championship. <laughs> Cause since they did what they did in the first game between those two teams, they look pretty lost against Tennessee or at least Tennessee has figured them out. Yep. And so maybe it's just a case of Tennessee, but also, you know, that's a team that has had ups and downs from a continuity perspective um, with players being in and out of the lineup. Purdue, perhaps the, right, we've had our discussions about Purdue in the fact, you know, right, could they get really hot and Jaden Ivey can, you know, and that team can shoot their way to an elite eight. Yeah, but could they not see the shots fall and Yale beats them in a, you know, a 68 72 kind of game yeah i could see that happening too um and then you just kind of go down the list and and i think we can keep talking about the same things here um ucla ucla you know relative they've been pretty much what they've been all year right um roughly a top 12 team in the country um top 16 i suppose top 15 um saint mary's good but also a five seed that are you completely scared of them when you look at the you know in context the other five seeds in the bracket um that can be a yes or no texas has been pretty underwhelming all year there's this combination of i don't really think there's not any one team that's like completely head and heels above the other based on how what they've done this season and how they're playing right now which uh which makes it pretty uh pretty interesting all right, Sweet 16, top side of the bracket, Baylor and North Carolina, Baylor and Norfolk State, North Carolina and Marquette, St. Mary's and Wyoming slash Indiana, and UCLA and Akron. Who gets to the Sweet 16 out of these eight teams? Baylor, UCLA. A chalk. You're so boring. I, okay. I know. I oh, it's gonna. I just be patient. <laughs> I trust. I trust Scott Drew to get through the beginning of that. I just like UCLA better than these other teams. St. Mary's had a good season. Obviously, they beat Gonzaga once, gave them a run for their money. And the, you know, other times they've played, they're a very good team. Mm-hmm. To me, UCLA is just a little bit better and, of course, has plenty of experience from last year. So, yeah, more chalk. I th- See, I, I, I don't want to pick – against what I actually think for the sake of picking because it's bound to happen. Like, yep. I, like then we might as well not do this podcast right. because stand, then what's the point of the predictions? Um, if I am predicting this based on what I've seen this season, then it's Baylor and it's UCLA. 
Um, it's the the coach that just won a national championship and the coach that took a team to the final four. And it's basically the same team. Um, do I think that, that Marquette has a chance to go to the sweet 16? Yeah, I do. Um, because of the way they play, because if they can just get, make some timely shots and make it hard on, you know, make Baylor's life hard. That's assuming they get through North Carolina, which is not a given at all. I mean, North Carolina is still a team that has lots of talent. And if they get a good two days from Caleb Love, then like, could they? Yes, absolutely. And and in Armando Baycott, that Baylor is not exactly equipped at this moment in time to defend the way that they would want to if both of their bigs were healthy. Right. Um, And we saw North Carolina pretty much control a game against Duke in which they, you know, when they shoot it well, they can beat really good teams, Um, which seems like a dumb thing to say uh, because, duh. But with all of that being said, I got, and Scott Drew, we trust. And uh, he's done a pretty good job of winning multiple multiple games in the tournament, obviously. Um, so I'm going to go Baylor UCLA because that's that's what I think. Um, let's go to the bottom half: Texas and Virginia Tech, Purdue, Yale, Murray State, and San Francisco, and Kentucky and St. Peter's. I'm tempted tempted to pick Virginia Tech to go on a run, but I'm going to mm-hmm. go against. I do think Virginia Tech has a great shot at beating Texas. Mm-hmm. I, I will pick that upset. Sweet 16, give me Purdue, give me Kentucky. They're better than the rest of these teams in this bracket. These coaches have been there before. I can't imagine a world in which Purdue lets what happened last year happen again. And like you said, if Kentucky doesn't have to play Tennessee, there's still a lot to like there. Mm-hmm. And obviously I've been high on them all season. So, going to be boring in the in the sweet 16 one two three four gonna be boring in the sweet 16 i think kentucky's gonna get there i think kentucky's gonna get there um i think there might be some murray state over kentucky uh stuff that happens there but i will continue to i mean the only team that's made them look like they're not a national title contender this year is tennessee uh, which, by the way, should have been a two seed, but that's okay. Yes, that's uh, my we, singular we, biggest we, beef with the committee. We can, yep. we can talk about that a little yep. bit more once we get to Tennessee's bracket. Um, but I'll go Kentucky. In <sighs> you know what? I'm going to shock the world, and I'm going with Texas to okay. make a run to the Elite Eight. They I, they get past Virginia Tech, and then that collection of guards. Marcus Carr wakes up for the first time this season. Um, you got Courtney Ramey. Uh, and at some point, Purdue's inability to play defense is going to catch up with them. Uh, Texas top 35 offensive team at Kempom, uh, the 13th best team at Kempom when it comes to defense. And Chris Beard is, I mean, at, at some point, I, I don't want to forget that Chris Beard is is the coach there. Um I don't love this, but also at some point I, I, I stuck it's next it. to Pat Painter all through the regular season, but at some point I, I will continue to stand by that Purdue doesn't play basketball the way that teams that make it far in this tournament play basketball. And uh, at some point I got to put actual action behind that feeling. And this is where I'm going to do it. Um, I'm not going to per- pick Virginia tech because I refuse to 
lean into the myth that <laughs> conference tournament success translates to NCAA yeah. tournament success because it doesn't. Um, and if Virginia Tech hadn't won yesterday, then nobody would be picking Virginia Tech to beat Texas in this matchup. So I'm going to pick Texas and I'm going to, this is where I'm going to actually cite Purdue's inability to defend and uh, stop them in the round of 32 and uh, put Texas in the Elite Eight more than anything, not really because I believe that much in Texas, but um, that at some point I got astray from backing Purdue when I see such obvious flaws. In defense of Virginia Tech, because I'm with you, that part of me wants to stay away from them just on principle. The reason I'm going to pick them to beat Texas and I'm buying that they are a dangerous team in this tournament is because they are playing like the team we thought they were. And the metrics have backed them up all year. Yes. That, right, we have talked about this before. It's not for a lack of talent or a lack of coaching. That is a very good basketball team that just didn't play well for large portions of the season. And in here, let me let me um let me double down a little bit. Um, who whoever wins the six eleven, they're going to the six sixteen. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so you've got, and you okay? So you're saying Texas in the Elite Eight. Um, I am saying Texas in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, Sweet Sixteen, Sweet Sixteen. Okay, okay, gotcha. Texas and Kentucky in my okay in my Sweet Sixteen. Um, Baylor and so let's start there. Baylor UCLA. Who goes to the to the Elite Eight? UCLA. You think so? All righty. Yeah, I. This is going to be weird coming from me, but I don't. I oh, don't hate the that. Tides of turn. I don't morning. hate that matchup. This Baylor team worries me a little bit, especially without Chamuchachua. It's changing the way that they play. UCLA has obviously they're not built around their bigs, but they have some bigs that can cause problems. They have the kind of players to guard those smaller lineups that Baylor can now put on the floor with, you know, Jeremy Sohan at the five or Kendall mm-hmm. Brown with the, these Uber athletic guys who are big enough to guard and make that switching difficult that you can take Flo Bamba out and sort of piece together minutes that way with all the guards they have. Right. UCLA can do that stuff too. So I'm, I'm a roll with McCronin squad. Like you kind of said, something's got to happen at some point. That's where it's going to happen for me. And then I'm going to go with Kentucky. That's where I'm right, right with you. I'm not taking Purdue past the Sweet 16. Kentucky, to me, is the team with the offensive and defensive balance and talent to bother them. Because mm-hmm. by and large, Purdue has done a pretty good job beating the teams they're better than this year. For the most part. Mm-hmm. They just haven't sort of taken that next step. I think Kentucky can expose their defensive flaws. And then I'll just finish this out and say UCLA over Kentucky and the Bruins are back in the final four. Wow. The Bruins, they go all the way back to the final. Four. You know how poetic that would be. I'm going to, I'm going to rub that in everybody's face. All these, like, I love, I love Lucas Harkins to death, but he had, he was like, they're barely inside my top 20 at the beginning of the year. Now he was probably, he was closer to correct than I was calling them the second best team in the country. I love you, Lucas. You're, you're very, very smart. Um, but that would be that would be pretty spectacular. Um I'm gonna in, go in, talk- sorry, in my defense, I never wavered on saying they could get back. I was just saying they weren't a top five team in the country. That's fair. That's fair. 
Um, I'm going UCLA. I'm going Kentucky, and I'm going Kentucky in uh, in the Final Four uh, from from the East. I, that is still, you know, Baylor in their in their 100 form might be slightly better than the best version of Kentucky I saw this year, but I, I've seen very very scary versions of Kentucky this year um, when when healthy. Um, and from and they've got guys who they just got talent all over the floor from the backcourt to probably the best big in the country this year to Kellen Grady. They've got it all. Um, I am going to go with the Wildcats to make it to the final four. All right. The South Arizona 31 and three. How about that? That is a lot of that is a lot of wins uh, for Tommy Lloyd's. For Tommy Lloyd's, wow, let me try that again. For Tommy Lloyd's Wildcats, Villanova the two, Tennessee the three, Illinois the four. Beefy, beefy for the the number two team in the country. Beefy in the south for the number two team in the country. Yeah, beefy in the south for the team that won more games than anybody else in the country this year. Beefy, 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 beefy. Um, The five seed, it doesn't get that much easier. Five seed is Houston. Perhaps if you're Arizona and you get a not quite right, frankly, a shell of themselves Houston team in the Sweet 16, you're probably not all that upset about it. But with that being said, uh, Colorado State six, Ohio State seven, the eight nine in this bracket is Seton Hall and TCU. Shouts to TCU by the way, getting comfortably into the tournament. That's uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, Loyal Chicago the ten after winning the MWC. Um, sorry, MVC. My bad. Um, the 11 Michigan, uh, that Colorado State Michigan game, very, very interesting. Um, UAB, the 12, Chattanooga, the 13, Longwood, the 14, 15 goes to Delaware, and 16 will be the winner of Wright, excuse me, will be the winner of Wright State and Bryant. Um, well, let's just start with Tennessee. Tennessee should not be on the three line here after what they did late in the season in the SEC tournament. Um, and, and, and what I've seen a lot on Twitter and what I, and the thing that was coming to my mind first is that it doesn't seem like the, the committee cares all that much about what happens on Sunday afternoon. It seems like there is quite a bit because right. It it seems as though what happened that the committee has done most of their work by Sunday and that they're hesitant to, make changes on Sunday afternoon. Um, like if I'm the SEC, I'm not like, I don't want my championship game to be on, on Sundays. I'd rather it be on Saturday. Um, but it doesn't, uh, Tennessee, the three seed, um, it, in a lot of ways, Tennessee, uh, from a, from a metrics, from a net rankings, from a, wherever you look at in a lot of ways, Tennessee looks like a two seed, um, but here they are on the three line and Arizona, like you said, getting do Villanova and Tennessee on their side of the bracket. But uh, the Vols and Rick Barnes's team uh, looks like they got shorted a seed line here. Yeah, this is two, two, this is two twos. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Tommy Lloyd, I'm not happy about it. Nope. And, and I mean, this is, and as much as 
I firmly believe Arizona is the second best team in the country. The first thought that came to my mind is Seton Hall has a bunch of guys who can physically match up with Arizona Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. A lot of teams can't say that. Right. Then you've got Houston or Illinois on the right day. Illinois is capable of beating anybody in the country. Go check their record, by the way, with and without Andre Corbello. It is staggering. I believe they have one loss this year in which he did not play. Their other eight losses he played. Man. And it's not like he played poorly against Indiana. The numbers mm-hmm. weren't great. He made some bad plays, but he also did the good Andre Corbello. It's it's just strange. Just the, the actual wins and losses tell you they're a better team without him. Anyway, that's still a team I have not given up on. Of course, Loyola Chicago just has to be there because Loyola Chicago. And then Villanova is playing very well, just did something that Tom Gillespie was obviously incredibly important, and he hit some big shots at the end to win them that tournament championship. But Mm -hmm. it's not like he was scoring the basketball. The rest of that team showed up in a big, big way, and that is a really good sign for Jay Wright's team moving into the tournament too. I We'll, we'll get to our prediction. I don't know if you have anything else to add before we start making picks, but to me, this is this is a really tough assignment for Arizona to get through as a team that hasn't done this before. Yeah, I think the only other thing I would say is, you know, when you look at the teams with double-digit numbers next to their name, I mean, you got a Michigan team that's getting Jawan Howard back, uh, or that has Jawan Howard back, excuse me. Loyola Chicago, a team that we thought was going to be, like, I, you know, I have the – would have bet on them to be a, you know, seven or eight kind of seed heading into the tournament there at 10. Um, that would be the only th- other thing I would add uh, is sort of right there in the middle. Um, you know, I f- it sucks if you're Colorado state and you have to play Michigan, yep. like you had, a, you put a, together a season to get a six seed in the tournament and you have to play Michigan. That kind of sucks. Um, but that's the only other thing I'd add before we get to predictions. On the top half of the bracket, I'm going first. I'm going chalk. I don't have to think that much that hard about it. Uh, what say you? Are you in agreement or no? Chalk I am in, being Arizona and Illinois. I am in agreement. I believe Illinois gets that far, and Arizona has done a terrific job all year beating the teams they're supposed to. Yep. So, yeah, don't have too much reservation about that. Agreed. Honestly, the team that might scare me most outside of Illinois on that side of the bracket is probably that Seton Hall matchup if they end up getting it. Sure. I just I, Houston doesn't have the firepower with those injuries to, to play with Arizona. Agreed. On the bottom half. I mean, I'll go again. Chalk. Chalk. I, yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement. Yep. I'm pretty – like if you ask me, the three that we've gone through th- through so far, the, the fastest I've gotten to chalk, it's here. <laughs> I mean, you've got – three teams that just won their conference tournament. So not only are they top three seeds, they're in really good form. Tennessee should be a two seed somewhere else in this bracket, not a three seed in this region. And, um, and I just think Illinois is, is going to get there, you know, as the four seed. Um, But yeah, I'm going chalk here, Arizona, Illinois in the top, Tennessee and Villanova in the bottom. So I've got Arizona, Tennessee. Arizona, Tennessee. Um, 
I think I'm going to agree with that. Yep. Or I, I will, um, between the defense that Tennessee plays and the form that they're in, uh, I think this is the best Tennessee team that Rick Barnes has had. And uh, I'm going to go with them as well. That's saying something. But I think, I think it's, it's, it's hard to accurate. argue. Yeah. And again, this is another one of those teams that you always knew this was there. And all of a sudden, it's appeared, mm-hmm. which is why I'm picking them to go to the Final Four. I've got Tennessee over Arizona in the Elite Eight. I, to me, Arizona is Illinois from last year. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to look at this side of the bracket and say they're clearly the other team outside of Gonzaga, going to pick them to make the national championship game, and for one reason or another, they're not going to get there. I don't know if that's going to be Illinois – something we don't see coming or a Villanova, Tennessee team that's more close to their level skill wise, just gets the better of them in a close game. I am, I have the utmost respect for them. I believe they're the second best team in the country. I am hesitant to put Arizona in the final four and Tennessee gives me a reason to be very confident with the way they're playing defensively, like they've done all year and the way that they're scoring the basketball. Now the way those guards and we talk all the time about guard play. Mm-hmm. Those guards are really, really showing up right now. And I, I, I'll take their offensive questions and little lapses over some of Villanova's struggles and just lack of depth. So I've got Tennessee in the final. Um, I've, 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 I'm, I got Arizona in the final four. I, I, I don't really... I don't feel the need for, I don't feel the need to, um, to defend it, to be honest with you. No, and, um, and right. There is no, there's absolutely no need to defend it. it. They're the best team on the side of the bracket and the best um, team in their region. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think they have the best player on this part in this bracket. Do you agree or disagree with that? I'm I'm debating whether it's there's certainly an argument. You know, the other name that comes to mind is Coburn. Okay, and I will I, always take the guy the who's going over a guy, yeah. the guy who and the guy that handles the basketball. And, and right, yeah. that's part of because I agree. I, to me, Gillespie is three. Mm-hmm. He's more valuable, but he's not better. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, there's probably. absolutely there's absolutely an argument to be made that right Arizona's got, and certainly. When you go down, you know, one through eight, they blow everybody away. And here's the other thing. And I'm not, and, and this is, and I don't do the whole, like, I don't often put my last justification on historic metrics, but by definition, Tennessee's offense isn't good enough to go to the final four and isn't good enough to win a national championship. And the and you know Arizona is fifth in offensive efficiency and twentieth in defensive efficiency. The the worst team at Kempom to ever win a national championship is Baylor last year yeah. at twenty two, um, and like the the worst offense was like one of the UConn offenses at like thirty four or something. Um, now, granted, they probably weren't thirty four before the tournament, but the point being that Arizona, the, from a metrics perspective. Um, they're up tempo. They pass the basketball beautifully, um, and I don't. I don't consider Tommy Lloyd's inexperience as a head coach equal to his inexperience in the NCAA tournament. 
having spent as much time as he did on the sidelines uh, at Gonzaga. Um, so with that being said, I there's they've done everything this year to um, for me to have faith in them to win four straight games in their region. Um, and I'm going to go with with the Wildcats. All right. Last but not least, Kansas. And boy, do we need to talk about Kansas because Remy Martin like appeared. We found him. <laughs> And Remy, we found Remy Martin and the Dave Big 12 McCormick tournament. Dave was, was sticking around too. Yep, and we found David McCormick. Well, we 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 had a persistent David McCormack, uh, you know, appearance in the Big Twelve tournament. So, like, there comes Kansas. Uh, they're the one here. Auburn, the two. Like a month and a half ago, Auburn was the number one overall seed in this tournament, mm-hmm. and fell all the way to the two line. Right? It, it's not like it was disastrous last month and a half, but. Um, uh, hey Auburn, hey hey um, Auburn, um, I'm sorry I'm not picking you to go very deep when your guards are what they are. Anyways, um, yeah that was can- a that was a tough performance from Katie Johnson. Kansas one, Auburn two, Wisconsin three, Providence four, Iowa five, LSU six, USC seven. The eight nine is San Diego State and Creighton. The ten is Miami, Florida. Eleven Iowa State. Twelve Richmond. After all this, after this disappointing season that Richmond had, would they wind up right where we thought they were, which is as a part of the 68-team field? South Dakota State, Jackrabbits, 13th. The 14 seed in this bracket is Colgate. Dude, their, their breath smells so good. It's unbelievable. Jacksonville State at the 15, and then Kansas will get the winner of Texas Southern and Texas A&M. CC death taxes and Texas Southern playing in the 16 C baby. baby. You absolutely love to see it. Okay. What jumps out to you when it comes to, uh, when it comes to this particular bracket, we got some interesting situations developing here. Super interesting. From, from, yeah. a, from a, a matchup standpoint, starting with what should be the lowest score game of the first round between LSU and Iowa state. Yep. <laughs> first team to 50 wins. Yep. If they get that far <laughs> and you throw on the fact that, you know, LSU doesn't have a coach and yeah. And we, and another time we could discuss that more in depth. Once this all sort of gets LSU got allegations, will Wade is out. We'll get to that at a different time, yeah. but yes, in case yeah. you weren't, weren't uh, aware. They just waited long enough for them to finish in the SEC tournament and for them to be able to fire him with cost, which makes sense. They just wanted to save themselves money. Mm-hmm. We could discuss more, not the time. You also had the potential for a Creighton, well, not necessarily playing each other, but this Creighton, Iowa, Providence, and Iowa, obviously Iowa and Providence could meet each other in the four or five. Mm-hmm. All right. Creighton has turned into a very good defensive team with this new crop of players. Mm-hmm. They are not the, the same Creighton team that I don't know if they can get past the Sweet 16 because they don't play defense. Look what they did to Villanova now, in the first half of that game. Now, do they play offense? That is <laughs> right. They are not as lethal offensively as they have been in the past. It's a very big switch over there in Omaha. Mm-hmm. And Greg then Dermot, really, really good coach, by the way. Really good. Yeah. Getting getting another team, you know, getting this Creighton team as young as they are to the tournament, 22 and 11 on the year. And as you've just pointed out, a team completely different than the one he coached for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Yeah. Uh, really, really impressive. That's that spells a little bit of danger for me if I'm Kansas. And then Iowa and Providence. 
how much is this going to carry over for the Hawkeyes? Again, they're interesting, and I buy a little more stock into this because they have been playing really good basketball heading into the, the Big Ten tournament. Right? This is not just a they got hot for a couple of days. This is a mm-hmm. they have figured something out and are playing better defense and are doing what they need to do and obviously have a guy that can be the best player on the floor in Keegan Murray. Mm-hmm. Can Providence slow them down, make it ugly, as Ed Cooley loves to do if they both get through in the first round? There's just a lot of that kind of, and then, you know, a potential Wisconsin-Auburn matchup, sort of same idea. Auburn wants to play more free-flowing, Wisconsin, not that kind of team. There's a lot of give and take about how teams want to play that we could end up seeing in this bracket that isn't necessarily the case in some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. This is a, this bracket is really interesting for, because every single team here, except maybe Kansas, has a flaw or just a it has a flaw right yeah. we mm-hmm. we start with auburn and the fact that their guards think they're better than their front court they just do and when you're maybe not actually but it's close enough that that auburn's guards are inconsistent and involved enough that you have to worry about them as soon as the second round they should be jacksonville state but as soon as the second round, when they play, regardless of wins that 7-10 between USC and Miami, Florida, they play a Power 6 conference opponent. Who has proven that they can beat high-level opposition this year. Right. Well, Miami more than USC, but USC's put in some good performances against Arizona and Arizona specifically, even though they lost. I remember one game in particular. They, I came away very impressed. Yeah. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, it's very, very simple. You stop Johnny Davis and Wisconsin is not scary. Now, way easier said than done. Way easier said than done. But trivia time, when was the last time that Colgate lost? I'm going to say this February is wild, 2nd. Way. Oh, so I'm wrong. No, 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 no. You're actually very close. January oh. 31st. But the wild thing is when they lost to Boston University on January 28th, what was their record for the year? 13 and, and 10? 8 and 11. Mm. And they've won 15 straight in the season, and they're 23 and 11 now. That's awesome, first of all. That's, that's super cool. Um, now, I'm not saying that Colgate is going to beat Wisconsin, but like there might not be a better team than the Colgate. Not better, but there might not be a hotter team in the tournament than Colgate, relatively speaking. They have, you know, they went from, they lost 10 of their first 14 and now they're 23 and 11 and haven't lost since January 31st. So when you go down this bracket, right, it's Wisconsin and like Johnny Davis, like either if you stop Johnny Davis, you have a chance to beat Wisconsin. I don't care who you are. Um, Providence just got Molly Watt, Molly Watt by Creighton, Molly Watt. There's a a real ceiling there. Iowa, like the best player in this bracket, second best behind Ochai Abaji. Yeah, if you're making if you're making a list of if if we're drafting players from this region, does Keegan Murray go first? He probably does. At least second, and that's what Jabari Smith down there. Oh, Andrew Jabari Smith. Excuse me. I'm sorry. No, but no, but I'm I'm with you. 
but I, I'm no, I'm with you. It's, I'm taking Abaji or Murray first. And and here's a, one more interesting thing here, that you know CBS Sports immediately came out with a okay here are the 68 teams ranked one to 68. Okay, Kansas is fourth. Auburn is ninth. Iowa is 15th. Wisconsin and Providence are 19th and 20th. LSU is 23rd. There are a lot of teams, like there are, like according to Matt Norlander, and, but like Iowa right now, better team than two teams that are ranked ahead of them that have higher seeds in this bracket. So the point being is that there's a lot that could happen here. If Johnny Davis gets hot, Wisconsin can go to the Sweet 16 pretty easily. Like that, like that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. But Wisconsin has to beat a team that's won 15 straight and then beat either LSU or Iowa State. And you know what those two teams do pretty well? Play defense. They play defense pretty well. Yeah. Um, and you know, that I mean, all of a sudden Iowa State could end up in the Sweet 16. Like that could happen. <laughs> they just don't have to play the big 12 teams. They did a pretty right. good job this year. Right. That could happen. Um it, it, so it's a combination of I really don't feel great about the top four seed, you know, t- seeds two through four, and I feel really good about seed five. Um, seed nine just went to the Big East tournament championship. Um, there's a lot that could happen here. But anyways, anything else before we get to Sweet Sixteen predictions? No, let's just do it. Hit me, Kansas. Are they gonna get past Texas Southern slash Texas A and MCC? Yes, Whew, I think so too. I I um, will. Yes, I will advance Kansas to the Sweet 16. Oh, you think they're gonna go? Wow, okay, wow. I know. And <laughs> and give me Iowa. They they're gonna have the best player on the floor in those matchups. I'm buying what they're doing. They just backed it up. Also, shouts to Jordan Bohannon. He's mm-hmm. had a rough go of it the past couple of years, and has very much gotten overshadowed by Luca Garza and now Keegan Murray. Mm-hmm. He just kind of became a dude when that right. I mean when. But we were talking about Iowa last year as a top five team. It was part of part of it for me was, and Jordan Bohannon is back too, mm-hmm. and it just never happened. But that man had a very very special end to the IU game to keep them alive, and ultimately, then what they did to take down Purdue. So mm-hmm. shouts to him. He's. Right up there in terms of, you know, he's got, he's going to, I think he's going to go down as the most experienced player in college basketball history or something, if I'm not mistaken. He's, he's, <laughs> I know he's the, the bit all time Big Ten leader in three pointers, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. He's got all kinds of those longevity records because of how long he's been there, but shouts to him. So I've got Kansas and Iowa on the top seven. Uh, yeah, same. Uh, and I don't think I needed, I, I, I don't think I needed Iowa to win the Big Ten tournament for that to be the case. Um, I think I think as long as they show up in the Big Ten tournament, show up meaning lose in the semifinal. Yeah. Um, that I think I that if you know, in theory the con you know the bracket right, I was not a five seed probably if they don't win the Big Ten tournament. So, but you know, apples to apples. If it's all the same except Iowa didn't win the Big Ten, um, I still think I I get to the same spot here with Kansas and Iowa in the Sweet Sixteen. Bottom half. <sighs> Wisconsin, just because they have Johnny Davis, mm-hmm. however healthy he might be. Sure. And I don't trust LSU. I don't trust Iowa State's offense. 
I just, there's nothing particularly, and neither of those teams are going to take Wisconsin out of their comfort zone. Yeah, they might be able to guard Johnny Davis, but it's not like they're going to be able to do some things to make life difficult on Wisconsin from a dictating terms of play standpoint. They all play pretty similar style. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to roll with USC. Interesting. Okay. They've got, they've got some bigger bodies. And as you, you've harped on these, there's a, there's a flaw with Auburn and they are not, they're not the same kind of team that the guards can, if the guards play great, they absolutely can make the final four, but these are not the same kind of guards that were on their final four team when that was the heart and soul of everything they did. And Jared Harper was just launching them from everywhere because he was making them and they shot the ball really well. Mm -hmm. That is not this team. They're, they're, between Wendell Green and Katie Johnson, there have just been too many stinkers. And there are teams in this tournament capable of at least slowing down a Walker Kessler and a, a Jabari Smith. You don't have to shut them down if those guards don't give you what you need from them. So I'm going to – I came away impressed with what I've seen from USC. Clearly, they're somewhat limited. They're the – Nowhere near UCLA and Arizona in the Pac-12 power rankings, if you will, but mm-hmm. they are team number three. They put together a good season. Somebody's going to go down early. I'm going to say it's all. I'm getting wild. Okay, are you oh ready boy. for this? Iowa State, USC. Uh, <laughs> Iowa State, USC. I'm only laughing because you have more faith in the Cyclones than I do. Because the I don't logic... have faith in the Cyclones. I don't have faith in the Cyclones. Not really, but but there's absolutely a logic there. That once they get outside of playing the Big Twelve, you saw that. I mean, that not conference schedule is the reason they're here. They have no right. business being in this tournament the way that they nope. played in conference play. Nope. But they did just enough, and they got themselves in a position where they got to lose to Texas Tech. And Iowa so they, State. All right. Iowa State USC USC right. comes out of the bottom half. Okay. I've got Wisconsin coming out of the bottom half, beating USC. Okay. All righty. And in the top and half? Kansas. Kansas. Yep. And I'll, I'll take Kansas to go to the Final Four. Um, Iowa State found a Big 12 team. So, yeah, Kansas State, <laughs> go, Kansas going to the Final Four. So, my Final Four, Kansas, Arizona, Kentucky, and Gonzaga. And yours? Kansas, Tennessee. UCLA, Gonzaga. All righty. Let's start on the left side of the bracket. I've got Gonzaga going to the national championship game. I do as well. I don't even remember who they're playing, but they're going to the national championship <laughs> game. On the other side of the bracket, Kansas, Arizona for me, Tennessee, Kansas for you. Who meets the Zags in the national championship? Jayhawks. The Jayhawks. Th- this is where Tennessee's limitations come back to bite them. I, this Kansas team is playing well. It's been a while since they've delivered this way. And of course, you know, they arguably had the best team in the country when they didn't get to play a couple of years ago. Right. It's, it's time for another deep Kansas run. Give me the Jayhawks. Give me the Jayhawks. Okay. So you got Kansas over Arizona. Yes. I have okay. Kansas over Arizona. Okay. Because. 
at some point it at some point Tommy Lloyd will run into a guy who's just been there before. Now, maybe it's Jay Wright earlier than I'm suggesting it will be, but um, if they get to Bill Self in the Final Four, I'll go with Kansas. And I am a big believer in the idea of almost tasting what it's like to win a national championship. Um, and especially when, you know, the guys at the heart and soul of that Gonzaga team like Drew Timmy and Andrew Nimhard really know yeah. what it was like to almost win that. And Tom Watson, I mean, Julian Strother, they got enough guys right. back. Yeah. And to get smacked like they did in the national championship game. If they get there, the other team might as not well show up because they're not going to let it happen again. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. We're, we're in agreement. Yeah. I've got Gonzaga, and I got to say, I feel pretty good about it. Did you? Do, you took Gonzaga last year, didn't you? I think you did. Right yes, I had Gonzaga Baylor, but I took Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, I, I I didn't see enough this year to stray from from that. I took him in the preseason, and I'm going to take him again right now. I'm going to do it. And and you know, I love exactly what you just said that. Last year was because I just was not convinced anybody could actually beat them. Mm-hmm. This year it is because they came so close. They are so consistent in this tournament. And one of these years, they're just going to not run into a team that's better than them. Mm-hmm. And this year with all of the weird kind of up and down stuff, I mean, maybe Arizona is, but that's a lot of pieces that just haven't been there before. And a mm-hmm. lot of young, younger players. That to me, this is Gonzaga's to lose. The way that Chet Holmgren is playing, it's a different kind of dimension. They've got a much different kind of post presence with him on the defensive end of the floor. I don't like that matchup for Kansas, which is also part of this. I mean, McCormick, if he shows up, can only guard one of those two guys. You've got a you know veteran point guard, Andrew Demhard. Rasir Bolton can go score 20 anytime he feels like it if they need him to. Mm-hmm. I I feel more confident Gonzaga wins this year than last year. I'll end wow. with that. All right. I don't I'm, see a team I believe in the way I believe Baylor could beat them last year. That's a fair. That's a very fair and good way to put it. Man, this is so boring. Wish we had what? a different national. Oh no. I mean, we had some things that were different at least. A little bit, but very much on brands we think about this sport in very similar manners so therefore we draw the same conclusions on uh more than a regular basis the last thing i'll add here um is that the tournament tip times uh and announcing teams were dropped for the tournament um, Tom McCarthy, Steve Lavin, Avery Johnson, and John Rothstein, they're the squad for the first four, mm. both Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday night, Southern Texas and Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and Indiana versus Wyoming. That's on Tuesday night. On Wednesday night is Bryant versus Wright State and Notre Dame versus Rutgers. So a couple Indiana teams coming yep. to you from Indianapolis, uh, a pair of of Hoosier State teams playing in the first four. Um, the first game of the tournament, the very first game 
on Thursday afternoon is Michigan versus Colorado Ooh. State. Ian Eagle, Jim Spinarkle, and Jamie Erdahl are on the call there. Um, that's very cool. That game coming to you actually from here in Indianapolis. Uh, Ian Eagle and that squad will get San Francisco and Murray State the following day. Uh, they'll also have Longwood in Tennessee along with a couple other ones. The A-team, Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill, and Tracy Wolfson. They get Jacksonville State and Auburn, and they get the Duke-Cal State Fullerton game. Um, that That's pretty uh, pretty predictable. Kevin Harlan, Don, Dan Bonner, Reggie Miller, and Dana Jacobson getting Loyola Chicago and Ohio State as the first okay. game on Friday. That's a good one. Yep. Uh, Lisa Byington, Steve Smith, Avery Johnson, and Lauren Shahadi. They get Montana State and Texas Tech. And uh, then they'll get the Arizona game uh, late on Friday afternoon. Really good. There's just a lot of really good broadcast teams uh, that do this as well. Um, I just saw that come across my timeline, so thought I would share. But first game on Thursday when the chaos truly begins, 12-15 on CBS, Indianapolis, Indiana, Michigan versus Colorado State in Eagle, Jim Smirkle, Spinarkle, and Jamie Erdahl on the call I'm very, very excited, Josh. Very, very excited. It is here. It is here. It is the best four days of the cat. We might have to do that podcast at some point. <laughs> what is the best like four days? Like, like, like to get specific enough, right? Because mm-hmm. you could say, like, yeah, the World Cup is the best four day, the best, you know, but is it, you know, is it is it that two weeks of is it that two weeks of group play that's the best? Like, like you can't just say the Masters. Is it Saturday at the Masters? Is it mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon at the Masters? We might have to do that podcast at some point. Anyways, I believe I'm out of things to say. You got anything else? No, it's call it a night. Let's go play some basketball. Um, and we'll uh, we'll be back on. There's some discussing to do more than likely on Monday after the first and second rounds, but we'll see. Um, what happens there, but it will probably be Monday. If not, it'll be Saturday, either Monday or Saturday, um, but probably Monday. Either way, we will talk to you very soon. Talk and see a tournament. It's very, very exciting. Cannot wait for things to get going. Please subscribe to the Jays for Days podcast and have podcast Spotify and Google podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Jays for Days pod, and we'll see you in a few days. Enjoy the tournament. Enjoy uh, filling out a bracket and it being wrong immediately, and we'll see you in a few days. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Jays for Days podcast. I am Josh. He is Josh, and we will see you later.